The Blue Tree Project was inspired by a practical joke um, of my brother's. He painted a blue tree on our family farm in the middle of nowhere. It was sort of how long before anyone notices. Um. What is up, beautiful people? I am Lachlan Samuel, and this is the Open Up Podcast, the show that is making mental health mainstream. The way we do that is we interview people about the deepest, darkest, most traumatic and challenging moments and periods of their life. We go over what they went through, how they overcome it, any tips, tools and tactics that they use to do so, any lessons that they've taken away from that period in their life, and then where they're at now, how they've turned that pain into purpose. All I can say is that I'm just truly, truly grateful. And I absolutely believe that together, me and you, and the sharing of these stories, we will make mental health mainstream. Let's go. Welcome back to the Open Up Podcast and to episode 110 with Kendall White, founder of the Blue Tree Project. Thank you for taking time to do this, buddy. Thank you. You know, it's awesome. Awesome to be here. Straight off the bat, for anyone who doesn't know, who hasn't seen a blue tree, could you please... I guess give people an overview or summary of what that is. Yeah, so the Blue Tree Project was inspired by a practical joke um, of my brother's. He painted a blue tree on our family farm in the middle of nowhere. It was sort of how long before anyone notices. Um, he did this with a special friend of his and um, this story was sadly shared at my brother's funeral after he took his life in November 2018. So the inspiration of the project is behind that story and um, it was at Jaden's funeral that people wanted to paint trees of their own um, in memory of Jaden. And then, yeah, photos were shared and um, on Facebook sort of went viral and before we knew it we had random people across Australia painting their own trees in memory of their own struggles or a loved one. And yeah, it sort of really organically grew and became um, Blue Tree Project. So yeah, it's um, all happened very quickly. And um, there's now, I think, 430 trees that we know of that are painted across Australia, but also overseas in New Zealand and US, UK. So um, yeah, the message is really spreading, which is quite special. That's amazing. Yeah. And what does that tree now mean? It was just like a mischievous prank sort of thing with your brother and his friend, but yeah. what does that mean now? So we are hoping that these blue trees become visual reminders for people um, to check in on themselves, check in on mates they know are going through a rough time. Um, I think we live such fast paced lives, it's so easy to let things sort of spiral out of control. And so we hope that painting these trees also bring people together, bring communities and groups and show the community that there are people that care and are looking out for those struggling. So yeah, they mean a lot more and it was a personal story that started it, but it's a far bigger issue, mental health and the stigma attached to it. And um, my brother speaking up and still not getting the help he needed. So 
yeah, we're really um, hoping that we can change the way we think and talk about mental health, that's for sure. That's so good. You proud of yourself? Um, I, you have to be proud of yourself, yes, in a way. Um, I haven't gone out to do this to be proud of myself. It's like almost me wanting to make my brother proud. So it's a legacy for him and it's all for him. Um, it's like I know he's watching over, he loved big projects and um, inspired me a lot. So I think he drives me massively behind this project. Yeah, That's absolutely. amazing. In terms of that though, do you give yourself credit for the awareness you're generating for the mental health space? Like, yes, you are doing this for your brother in honour of him, but like you're the one who's leading the charge <laughs> and creating the awareness. Have you given yourself credit? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting better at doing that. <laughs> I think um, it's such a serious issue and it affects so many people and I don't want to feel like I'm changing the world one blue tree at a time, but the fact is, is if these trees are having an effect on communities and individuals and stopping other families from having to go through what we have to, then yeah, I'll definitely take credit for that because um, our blue tree community, those that make it what it is, yeah, it's all just so no one else has to go through what we are suffering at the moment, yeah. That's awesome. And you deserve to. You deserve all the credit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, getting there. Getting better. A <laughs> little bit of a deep question. Could you describe the way that you view yourself as a woman and or human? Oh, um, well, the last year has been a very trying year where I've learned a lot about myself, um, trying to get better at confronting my weaknesses and accepting that and being okay with that, um, working on confidence and, I mean, we all have things that we want to work towards. So I do see myself as um, a very strong stubborn <laughs> woman um, yeah lots of perseverance and yeah I really like dedicating my time to this cause I couldn't be more proud with um, yeah charging forward with Blue Tree Project and helping raise more awareness so yeah tricky one <laughs> uh, let's dive straight into the story um, losing your brother just wherever you're happy walking us from. Just go through it and I'll just ask you what I want to know as we go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our family didn't really know of any um, struggles that Jaden was going through. He, we found out that he was struggling after he presented himself to hospital. He was living in Sydney at the time. Um, and mum and dad received a voicemail on our phone on the farm saying that Jaden had presented himself to hospital but he was okay, he was going to work um, and yet basically just left a voicemail. Um, then it was the next day that we uh, couldn't get hold of him and we had just a feeling and we went across Sydney, we thought we'll go and check on him, bring him home if he needs 
help him out, give him support that he needs. Um, so my mum and I went over to Sydney and um, went to the address where we knew he was staying and couldn't find him. So the next best thing to do was go to the police station, file a missing person. Hopefully we'd be able to track him down soon. Um, Okay. It was a couple of hours later after we checked into our hotel that we heard that knock on our door and it was the police telling us that they had found Jaden inside the property after they had done some more investigating that he had actually presented himself to hospital later that evening and had been released and had gone home and taken his own life. So. It was a very traumatic trip over to Sydney, going through what we did, having to identify your brother, and just, yeah, just an experience that you just can't really comprehend at the time. So, um, there is an inquest into his death due to the amount of people and emergency services that he came into contact with. I had called triple zero before we flew over to Sydney to ask if they could do a safety check, see if he was at the property, see if he was okay. So yeah, it's just a horrible, just overwhelming belief that Jaden had taken his life, got to that point. So that's still really really hard to live with that's for sure because I think you just want to be there for your loved ones you do anything drop anything and I think when someone's in the headspace of crisis they don't reach out for fear of judgment still and so yeah we had to bring Jaden home and we had hundreds and hundreds of people saying goodbye to him at his funeral so the story was told by his good friend Chowder who he painted the tree with so she's a very special soul and we still have lots to do with her she's from Germany and yeah we went on holidays with her and her family just recently so we all support each other everyone's looking after the nearest and dearest and trying to come to terms with it yeah still of course yeah and were you that's a horrific thing to go through that I can't imagine especially having to identify your brother mm -hmm. and it makes me it makes me feel yuck even just thinking about having to do that with my own so I can't imagine like how traumatic that's been have you been comfortable were you comfortable expressing how you were feeling going through that? Yeah, I think I took on very early speaking very openly about my brother and I think for me it was just breaking down those barriers and those walls of the stigma behind suicide and going back to work I speak openly talk about my brother all the time I think it's just I didn't want to bury it, I didn't want to forget it, 
I had to face it. It was always going to be there. And yeah, I think it's really important to face those horrific things and learn the best way to deal with it because everyone's very different. Um, I lean on my friends a lot and my partner and family. Um, Yeah, I think I've been very lucky with the support network that I have had around me, which has helped immensely. And I have leaned on them and tried to not feel guilty about it because, yeah, going through such a horrific thing, it's important to do that. Well, hmm. facing those challenges head on, because they're always going to be there no matter what, it's cool to say that, but that isn't going to be the perspective of most people because they'd want to resist the pain. Um, you know, I've interviewed quite a few people who have lost their siblings to suicide and who still are dwelling in that, that trauma and that mm. pain. Where has that come from for you, like facing that sort of stuff head on and not letting it fester? Yeah, so I think being in this space, mental health and also after what Jaden's obviously gone through, I just... It's always been at the front of my mind, don't let it fester. If something is really chewing away at you or you are struggling, face it front on. So yeah, seeing a counsellor, um, doing headspace. I'm always talking about when I'm struggling, I'm happy to cry in front of everyone and let it out. I think it's really healthy and it's so important to do that. It's part of healing. There will always be that gaping wound that you just never really be able to repair. But um, yeah, I think having the support network and just learning how to live in this new life, I guess, adapting to it. How do you give yourself permission to cry in front of people? Because most people at the thought of that would be like, nah, but what if they judge me? Mm. I'm just gonna not, not even, I guess, entertain the idea of allowing myself to do that. Yeah, um, I think initially maybe I was a bit scared to show that emotion. And then I was getting up in front of many people telling the story and breaking down and I had so many people coming up to me saying thank you so much for showing your raw emotion because it gives me so much strength as well and I think seeing that reaction that impact that it was having on so many people it's so important so now yeah I don't apologize for it I look like a mess and even now I'm just like don't, don't <laughs> care because it's so important to yeah let those raw emotions take hold of you for a bit um, obviously not too much and if you are struggling you do need to speak to someone if you aren't mentally capable of yeah bringing yourself back to a space where you're you're calm and controlled yeah how does that what does that process look like for you when you're letting yourself cry like letting yourself cry going through it and then bringing yourself back Mm. so i think it's always when I'm tired, yeah. When your emotions are running high, you're stressed and you sort of, yeah, takes hold of you then. It's when you're feeling weakest. So, and when I mean weakest, you just, you're just <laughs> so tired. So, um, have a good cry, let it out, speaking to someone, 
Um, and then bringing myself back will be either going to the gym, going for a walk, um, changing my scene that I'm currently in. Um, but also sometimes if I'm feeling really anxious and sort of feel like I'm spiraling, um, Headspace have some fantastic categories that I get switch into just 10 minutes is all it takes. I mean, we spend so many hours scrolling these days. 10 minutes is nothing in a day to meditate and just bring yourself back, recenter. So that's what works for me. Um, I know it looks very different for everyone else though. But yeah. That's awesome. Um, going back to your brother and like him coming into contact with so many emergency services staff or personnel, have you had to work through any resentment at all? Yeah, so there were definitely many different stages. Um, when first losing Jaden, it was just like numb, not really knowing how to process it all. And then the anger for those that were there who should have been looking after him. I guess people in those times of crisis turn to those who they think will help them in that moment and yeah having an ambulance pick him up the first time being admitted to hospital being looked at by a nurse being discharged and then for him to come back again in the same day to present himself again a 30 year old male it's just yeah it's so hard not to be angry I have so much respect for the emergency services and what they go through. It's a huge task that they take and our, I think the crux of it is, is our health system's not set up for the mental health struggles that we have today in our society and I think that's what let Jaden down because um, obviously we're over in WA, all that was left was a voicemail, he didn't even speak to anyone. Um, so I think it's yeah, I think that's really hard to process because we were counting on them to look after him until we could get there. Yeah. So, yeah, I know that was a really hard thing for my dad to work through as well. It's just that anger and resentment sort of for those services, but yeah, they they deal with a lot. So, yeah, I think that was that's a big thing for me moving forward is um, trying to help educate on where people are being let down and if the emergency department isn't the right place to go which we know it's not what are the other services that these people can turn to cool. yeah. and what are some of those well yeah that's what we're working towards I mean the government is spending lots of money on health mental health beds in hospitals um, but I think the truth is unless you've got quite a bit of money to spend in private facilities, there aren't many of those um, places for these, to for these people to turn to. So um, I think that's a really yeah, big thing that I would like to work towards in the future, long-term goal. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that the main, is that going to be the main focus of Blue Tree Project? I think we're all about um, education as well awesome. I think um, in school social media the influence of everything now it's very overwhelming and I feel like you get thrown out in the big wide world and you haven't got the tools 
to deal with the shit that life throws at you basically like challenges um and so i think we would love to develop a bit of an education pack and i think the blue tree is an asset in that sense it can be very hands-on and kids can get involved and um, you can sort of alter it to the age group and target audience that is needed so it's sort of for kids it's learning how to look after yourself and your mates or if you're seeing that your friend's acting a bit off um, maybe you could go to the school council with them just educating them through those really early stages and I think yeah that's a really big one for us education really starting it early really getting rid of that stigma and hopefully yeah we can see a change over the years. I think that's a real valid and important point is utilising the councillors and changing the perspective of councillors, especially in school. Mm, absolutely. I remember being in school and if someone said they were going to the councillor, you're just like, oh, man. The classroom would like look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you you're crazy. Out. Yeah. Like, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I went to the councillor a couple of times in school when things were overwhelming and it is, it's a very busy time in your life. You're finding yourself, you're growing up and facing new challenges. So yeah, shifting that focus from it, well, that mentality from a young age, I think, yeah, it's, could be really, really valuable for sure. Knowing that your brother was in Sydney by himself and you guys were here, um, I'm not saying that you should take on or harbour any guilt, but has there been any guilt that you've taken on or that your parents have taken on as a result of that? Um, I think, so Jaden has travelled a bit and lived in a few different cities, working by, like he works for himself and um, in co-working spaces as well and really loved it. And I think we always thought that he was doing what he wanted, he was happy, we would go over and visit him. And um, yeah, I think there is that guilt because of that distance, you don't see them as much and um, maybe catch up with them as much as you would like to. But um, we always thought if he was doing what he wanted and he was happy doing that, then we were happy with that. So yeah, it is a bit tricky though. That's that awesome. One. That's good. That's good that you can see it that way because I met a lot of people who undeservingly harbour guilt, like the what if, what if I had reached out? What if I had called, etc., etc.? And so I'm. I'm brings me a bit of peace thinking, knowing that you haven't done that as well, because you definitely don't deserve to, and especially the position you're in with Blue Tree Project, being able to generate the amount of awareness you have with the potential to educate as well. It's really important that you don't. So, yeah, yeah. I'm grateful. Yeah, I think our family, we feel quite certainly not grateful or lucky it's just we have this special legacy for Jaden and lots of families don't get that when they lose their loved one so I think it's very special to us and we hope that other families can find some comfort in remembering their loved ones coming together we've had lots of families message through sending photos of their big family catch-up barbecue that they've had and they've painted a tree whilst being there so remembering good. their loved one that they had lost. So, um, yeah, I think getting receiving those stories as well, it just, it brings us just that little more, little bit of peace, I suppose, knowing yeah. that what we're doing is, 
yeah, making a difference for some people. So you summarised at the start that it all sparked when uh, Jaden's friend Charter shared the story of painting that tree and then it sort of snowballed organically from there. Can you, I guess, dive a little bit deeper into how that started and how it sort of snowballed? Because yeah. I, I find it interesting myself. Yeah, so um, one of the first few trees that were painted was by um, my brother's best friend, Simon Comerford, and also my cousin, Jared. Um, Simon is part of the Blue Tree Project team as well, and um, he went round on his family farm, found the biggest, baddest tree. It was like, I think he used 25 litres of paint and it took him like two days in memory of Jaden. So he posted that online and then it just went viral. I think it was like 50,000 likes and just like shared like a hundred thousand times or something ridiculous like it just spiraled out of control and um, it resonated with so many people so I think that was really special so we're all very close um, it's my sister Simon Charter and myself on the Blue Tree Project team sort well. of dealing with everything um, and yeah we're all looking after each other and sort of sharing roles and doing it that way but um, Charter's doing it from Germany, so she's in a totally <laughs> different time zone, which is quite funny. But um, yeah, so Charter came out to our family farm to extend her visa. Um, Jaden Hermit traveling um, when he was living in Melbourne at the time and came across to our farm and painted the tree one night, snuck out. And yeah, so she flew across from Germany to be at Jaden's funeral and it was obviously a very special moment that they shared and um, yeah, it's, it's amazing what it means for so many people today now, the blue tree. That's awesome. Mm. Um, in, I guess, doing this project and honouring your brother through this um, through blue tree project creating awareness and then um, education later on has there been any points throughout I guess its growth uh, or throughout your journey with blue tree project where you've had to go hang on a minute like I'm losing myself and living for my brother because that could be very easy to do yeah I think it was quite early on um, where I sort of said to myself, I want to make sure that this doesn't become something I resent in any way. Um, it's very full on, there's lots going on and um, it's amazing how many people want to get involved um, and help raise awareness um, and have us involved in events. So it's been really overwhelming with the amount of people wanting to get on board, but like, I have essentially taken this, I've taken it on full time now because I couldn't manage it whilst working in my previous job. Um, and yeah, there was a time where it just became everything, working for yourself, um, working at home, boundaries being crossed. And it sort of, it was just all, my world was just a bit cluttered. I think I'm, I need my spaces of this is work this is home and they all have a time and a place where 
it's appropriate. So yeah. I think there definitely was a time where I was letting um, the stress and taking on too much and it was getting better of me and my partner is great and he, yeah, he let me know and was like, this can't happen anymore. So um, helped me sort of create some boundaries and work through that. But I think I've got a better balance now and after taking a nice extended break, I'm feeling um, like really refreshed and ready to go in 2020. But definitely at the end of last year, I was sort of feeling really exhausted um, and I don't ever want it to be a chore that I'm, or feeling resentful for what I'm doing. Yeah. Just being exhausted doing it basically. That's a good lesson. Mm. How, has that been a work in progress to get to the point where you can communicate with your partner like that, especially with something that's so close to your heart? Because it'd be very, very easy to become resentful towards your partner for saying stop doing something that you love. Yeah. Um, so we've been together for, I think, nearly seven years now. So we do know each other quite well and um, have had ups and downs. And obviously he's been through um, this with me and sort of understands what the project means to me and my family. And so it's very aware of that. But um, he does it in a way that's like very supportive. So it's, yeah, I'm very lucky that Josh looks after me like that, keeps me in check um, and does it in a supportive way that he just wants to make sure that I'm looking after myself and practicing what I'm preaching. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we'll get on to recovery and you've already mentioned Headspace um, as one of the ones that you've used to help, I guess, cultivate a level of mindfulness, presence of mind and bring you back, especially when you're allowing yourself to cry. Um, some of the others were exercise uh, and the counsellor. How, how have you used both of those um, and what have you taken out of them? So I think the counsellor allows you to just take that step back from those that you know. Um, I think some people deal with their emotions a lot better not having such a personal tie to some a friend or family if they're not willing to open up um, so I'm lucky that I do have those people to turn to but I think sometimes you don't want to weigh them down you so talking to a counsellor is good in that sense um, and that's just provided through work um, free of charge like so many people do have the privilege of through work and it's all anonymous and yeah free so why not take advantage of it <laughs> um, so it's a great program um, and really helpful um, exercising's been a big thing for me um, I actually really enjoy going to the gym and found that was one of the first things that um, I struggled with after losing Jaden because I was at the gym when mum called me saying, I'm coming to Perth, we're going to Sydney. And so it took me a long time to be able to go back into the gym and get into the correct headspace because, yeah, I really struggled going in there and just doing my thing as I used to. So um, I always go to the gym with my partner as well. So added bonus that I've got a gym buddy, <laughs> so that makes things a little bit easier. 
Um, and yeah, I think exercising is so important. I noticed a real difference when I wasn't exercising after losing Jaden. Um, just not sleeping as well and yeah, just mine was a bit foggy. So I definitely swear by that and just, just getting there some days and yeah. doing like a couple of lazy sit-ups and <laughs> I don't know, just nothing much, but it was just getting there that mattered. And now I'm got back into the swing of things and yeah, so really happy um, to be doing that. And at the moment I'm actually training to do the Rottnest Swim. Wow. So that's coming out pretty soon. Are you a swimmer? I'm yes, I'm better in water than okay. on land. <laughs> so I do enjoy swimming and um so yeah, Bluetooth project, we've got a bit of a team, it's four of us, we're swimming over, helping raise more awareness that way as well. So taking on the challenge, it's sort of something that was on my bucket list and my friends who have done it before sort of asked if I'd be interested in doing it with Bluetooth Project. I thought, well, yeah, let's take on the challenge. <laughs> Initially I was like, hell no. <laughs> but then I was like, no, actually, I think this is something that I would like to do. So once again, it's sort of Jaden being my motivation there as well. That's Just, awesome. Yeah, make him proud. So. With the counsellor and saying you, you've used it through work, with the work that we're doing in like a mining industry, we know the usage rate is like three to 5% at best. Mm. So really, really low. What what were you going through? What were you thinking when you decided to engage with a counsellor through work? Because I know that's a hard step for a lot of people. Yeah, I think sometimes there's that lack of awareness that their work offers it or that it's free or anonymous. And many um, workplaces, your family can also use it. So it's not just you. So. Um, Maybe it's just lack of awareness or education of the firm, letting them know. I know everyone is getting a lot better at that. But I actually started going because a friend recommended it. So he um, also lost his brother to suicide. And um, he said he used it and he couldn't recommend it enough. Um, yeah, so I think it's through a couple of workmates who have gone through hard times in their life. Um, and yeah, it was them who sort of got me onto it, recommended how great it was. So I guess if people are comfortable to open up about their experience and how it has benefited them, um, maybe we'd see rates a little higher, but yeah, it's a really tricky thing. People are so worried about judgment within workplace that they'll be, f yeah, feared that people will see them as not capable of doing their job, which is yeah. just not the case. So yeah. Yeah, I think that would make a big difference if you had some sort of peer support or in-office in referral system with a peer support worker who has been through that process. Because mm. most of the time when people don't engage with an external assistance provider, it's because they don't know what they don't know and they have these assumptions based off stigma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think... Um our team, well, my pre my team in my previous job, um, we were all very open about our struggles, and I think it just created such a safe environment where we all had each other's backs, and it made all the difference. And if we were going through something, covering shifts, there was no judgment. It was just like, 
yep, sometimes you just need a day. So, um, yeah, I really couldn't recommend speaking up about it because you're definitely not the only one going through it as well. So, yeah, having testimonials maybe even um, of these assistance programs would be awesome. But once again, it's that putting yourself at the forefront and saying, yes, this made a difference to me and I'm speaking up about it and I'm trying to remove the stigma. So it's a tricky one. Yeah. Um, gonna get onto a couple questions before we wrap up. Knowing everything that you've been through and you've been through a lot and you know, still working through a lot of it and I guess um, you will be as long as you're doing Blue Tree Project because it is an honour to your brother but at least you're helping people, generating awareness along the way. Um, what have you added to your life or removed from it to improve uh, the quality of it since your, your brother's passing? Mm, um, I think I, I'm trying to take on less. So me as a person... Which has just made <laughs> multiple people get so, so anxious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... I, um, as a person, I take on a lot. Um, at the time Blue Tree Project was starting, I was working full time at Seven West Media. I was studying, started my MBA and kicking off the project. Well. And <laughs> of course that's <laughs> just not, it's not practical. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. I was everywhere, but I was nowhere. Yep. So I was doing it all, but I wasn't doing anything properly so I think um, you reassess priorities in your life for sure so things do get removed um, I ended my study um, after a year I said uh, graduate certificate yep don't need my masters I'm happy with where I am and um, spending more time on the project so um, I've got rid of study I've got rid of my other job <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm working in that way Something that I've picked up, um, I don't know, that's a tricky one. I don't know what else there is. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, actually, no, there is something I could add. I, I've started doing like little DIY projects. So I'm real sort of, <laughs> like I like to keep my hands busy, as I've said. So I have collected things off the roadside that I've like painted and refurbished for either reselling or just reusing. So yeah, I like cool. DIY projects and just being a little bit handy, so. Is it like another, that'd be another form of mindfulness, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I shared it on Instagram. I was like, what does your self-care look like? With paintbrush, here I am. Like. So yeah, I guess it's keeping busy, um, hands-on, but it's also very therapeutic in That's a way. Cool. So. Is everything you refurbish blue? <laughs> no, but we do have so much blue paint. Um, yeah, we've actually got a partnership with Wattle now who supply all the paint that we need. So That's so cool. Which is really special, so yeah. But no, not all blue. <laughs> paint over so many of my clothes but it's great <laughs> uh, what are you most grateful for right now um so I've just been away on a holiday and going on holidays is so beautiful and so great but then I come back and I'm 
so grateful for the beautiful place and country that we live in. Like yep. Perth is so great and so many people say it's too small, but I love that so much. I'm so grateful for the community that I'm within in Perth at the moment and that Blue Tree Project has helped me become a part of. And I think, yeah, coming home, it was beautiful having that feeling. So I was, yeah, feeling really grateful for that. Yes, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last question, and I saw this from Tim Ferriss. If you had the chance to put a message on a billboard somewhere where you'd know thousands of people would see it every day, what would that message be? Uh, Well, I guess what we're preaching, it's okay to have a blue day. Yeah. I didn't even know, is that your logo? We don't really have a tagline. I've sort of been using a few different (laughs) things. Just, I mean, there's the ones that we've heard of so many, like um, it's okay to not be okay and are you okay? I think it's just whatever people can remember, it's all about working together in this space. Um, So for collaborating and making sure we're all, yeah, filling the holes where we can. I like that though, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To wrap up, I want to acknowledge you, first of all, for being here, um, but most of all for having gone through what you've gone through, it's traumatic, especially like having to identify your brother. Mm. I can't imagine that and going from that, turning that pain into power and purpose now with Blue Tree Project, generating awareness. Like you have no idea how many lives you're saving just through your effort and your determination with this project. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I mean, it's given me the opportunity to meet you and seeing what you're doing. And no, it's, I'm feeling very inspired. And I think, yeah, you're definitely making a change as well. Oh, thank you. Cheers, buddy. Thanks. <laughs> now, before I let you go, you beautiful, beautiful human, I just want to say I hope that you liked that episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, please make sure that you share it with your friends, your family, anyone that you think or feel will benefit from listening to the story of vulnerability, the story of courage, the story of overcoming struggle. Now, if you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you already know that you sleep in my fridge, inside joke. And please, if you can, subscribe to us on YouTube or give us that five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever podcast, platform, or app that you use. It'll go a long, long way to helping us make mental health mainstream and getting these stories, these stories of courage, into the mainstream. Thank you all, guys. Ciao.